So I remember the first time that I met Roscoe. He was this six-week-old puppy that came running up to me in my apartment block. And for anyone that knows me, they'll know that I'm a huge dog lover. Um, And Roscoe was just this really cute um, Labrador puppy. He was just amazing. Loads of energy. And obviously, because I can't have my own dog because of work, I ended up kind of, you know, taking him out on loads of walks and kind of being like a second owner to him. And he was great. He had all this different energy and he's such a wonderful dog. But the problem was that we lived in a big apartment block and Roscoe had too much energy. And it got to the point where he was barking all the time. He was annoying all the neighbours um, and you literally couldn't take him out enough. And then one day um, something quite bad happened. Um, one of the kids in the apartment block was kind of winding him up and Roscoe sort of went for him. Now, he didn't bite him, um, but it's kind of like the warning sign that dogs give off. Um, but the problem is that, you know, when you have a potential dangerous dog, Um, your options are extremely limited. So I made a decision. I thought long and hard over it. And I realized or recognized rather that there was only one thing that I could really do in this situation. So I got his collar and his lead um, and I put it on him for the very last time. And I remember walking him to my car. And when I got there, he got in the passenger side like he always did. And I can just remember his doggy breath. If anyone's ever had a dog, they'll, they'll know exactly what I mean. There's that doggy scent, that pungent smell of dog breath. Uh, he seemed really happy and obviously um, I drove along. Now, when we finally arrived at my mum's farm, um, obviously all along it'd been my intention just to rehome him there. And when we got there, he absolutely loved it. There's this farmland and he's running around and he loved it. Um, and he actually became um, father to a litter of multicolored Labradors, which is also a really, really cool aspect of things. But the reason why I wanted to um, share this story on my podcast um, is down to your your conduct. And actually, first of all, with Roscoe, he couldn't help but be who he was. I mean, he just wasn't an inside dog. And when you put someone inside that's not used to being there, that doesn't like it, they're going to start kicking off metaphorically. And that's the kind of first lesson I wanted to draw people on on this podcast episode is, you know, are you inside too much when you're an outside person? Because if you are, it may explain why, um, you know, why you're feeling a little bit depressed or your life's not quite working out the way you want it to at the moment. Um, But furthermore to this, I wanted to go like a level deeper here and I wanted to talk about how to conduct yourself in your life because often a phrase we hear quite a lot when people say he didn't conduct himself very well. And when you think of a conductor, I always think of an orchestra. And you have the person at the front who is conducting the orchestra. You know, you've got the percussions, the woodwinds, the various different areas that make it all communally great. And it dawned on me that this was really a great metaphor for our life and that we are the own orchestra of everything that comes out of us. And the reason why I love this metaphor is because it gives us two really cast iron ways that we can improve how good that conductor is. And the two ways I want to draw your attention to is firstly via knowledge and secondly via experience. And let's just start with knowledge. You know, the more knowledge that a conductor has 
about his orchestra, about the people that are in there, how that individual orchestra works, his knowledge about music, his knowledge about everything. The more that he has, the more he is armed with to be able to conduct that orchestra better. And it is exactly the same as us in our lives. The more knowledge we have, the better we are able to conduct ourselves. So if you're going to a dinner party and you've got no knowledge of what it's going to be like, how are you possibly going to know how to conduct yourself when you're there? Just um, following on from this with my thoughts on this, I've had various people in my life who I've looked up to, who I thought were great individuals and great human beings. And they've conducted themselves, not in a professional environment, but outside of work or outside a professional environment. And their conduct was so bad that it actually ruined that person's reputation in my mind. So how we conduct ourselves isn't only important when we're at work or when we're getting paid or when we're at a family do. How we conduct ourselves is imperative in all various areas of our life. It's not just limited to one, because if your character gets tainted by your conduct, that can never be replaced. It's like dropping um, a plate on the floor and it's smashing everywhere. You know, you're never going to be able to get um, someone to buy into you again. Now, the second um, way that we can get a better conductor or conduct our lives better is via experience. And the easiest way to describe this, I'm not going to go some big monologue here. I'm going to make it very concise. The only way of gaining experience in your life is to go out and fail. And it is as simple as that. Go and fail as many times as you can, because the polar opposite, the other end of the spectrum of failure is success. And that is what happens when you go and fail enough times. You fail enough times, you learn your lessons, eventually you will become successful in your life. Now, I just wanted to give a couple of examples with people who conduct themselves well. Some real life examples that you can understand, right? I've talked about them before, but Captain America is a great example. Captain America is someone who conducts himself with moral integrity. Every single thing that he does in his life is related to his moral integrity. So when he has a decision to make, it's whether it is the right thing to do according to his values in his life. And that brings me on nicely to the final segment, which is having daily values in your life. And this is really sitting down. I I can't tell you how to do this. I wish I could, but I can't. It's going to take time and it's going to take effort, but it is worth it. Okay. What you need to do is to sit down and to think about values that are important to you as an individual. I mean, you can look at religions. They all have values that are important to them. Christianity and Catholicism, they all do. They all have values of how you should conduct and live your life. And actually, most religions are very similar. But, you know, the Ten Commandments is another example. But the point I'm getting in here is what is important to you as an individual? Um, And for me personally, something that is important to me is that people aren't left out when I'm around. I mean, that's because I got left out as a a kid. It's important to me that people don't feel left out. So if I'm in a social context, my conduct is such that I allow people to feel like part of a group. And the point I'm getting at here is really is that your conduct is linked to your values. And the same way when you are conducting an orchestra, Again, going back to knowledge and experience, they are all interlinked. So just to round up this episode, um, I just gave you a a story which outlined um, just talking about conduct in general, just to bring it to your attention at the beginning of this episode. 
And then I gave a metaphor about how the conductor in an orchestra is really yourself in your life. And finally, the way that you can increase um, or conduct yourself better is by gaining either knowledge or experience or in an ideal world, both. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you have any questions about this, then obviously go to my YouTube channel and uh, chuck a question in and I'll see what I can do. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.